Welcome to the Audacity Church Podcast. We pray that you are blessed by what you hear today. We love to hear stories of what God is doing in people's lives. Take some time to share your story of how God is working in your life and email us at amen at loveservego.com. Now prepare your heart to hear from God today. So if you want to, you can change, you can uh, pull up your app or you can open your Bible to Matthew 22. So it's Matthew 22 and we're going to go 15 through 22. It says, then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And you do not care about anyone's opinion for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to this test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for your tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is on this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God. When they had heard it, they marveled, and they left him and went away. Well, uh, for those of you who don't, don't know me, let me go ahead and introduce myself. Uh, my name is Josh, and I'm one of the leaders here. And uh, I'm probably the nerdiest of the leaders, although they may, they may question that. I don't know, some of the other guys. Um, but so anyway, last week, Hank spoke to us about political parties, and, and he even had his Reagan Bush 84 hat picture on the TV, which was awesome because he was not wearing it ironically, which we found out. So that was cool. Um, and he just kind of broke it down. He said, hey, man, you've, you fall into this uh, trap of political parties where you kind of put too much faith in what's around you and not, not as much faith into the kingdom of Christ and, and looking to the things that are beyond this world. And so sometimes we tend to put our faith too much in those things. And so he laid that out super awesome. And it was so providential a message uh, because this week with all the stuff that went on, the stuff that the inauguration is going on this month and the stuff that happened at the Capitol, I don't know of a more timely, almost prophetic message that speaks to me as a Christian that says I need to not be focused on the politics of this world, but on the kingdom of Christ and how we can be gracious to the people around us and loving to the people around us and not focused on those things. And so um, that's all I'm really going to say about that. We just want to make sure that we are united in Christ and loving those around us. I am indebted uh, to the late Dwight Pryor of JC Studies for a lot of the content in this sermon. Just give a shout out uh, to him. He's brilliant. And uh, he would spend half his time in Israel studying the word and had an institute over there. And so a lot of this stuff uh, comes through with a, a Hebrew mindset, a Jewish mindset, but he was from Ohio. So he could actually relate to us Americans. Um, and so speaks to us on a level that is super relatable. So with all that said, it's the time of year. It's January. It's the beginning of the year. It's my birth month. Thank you. I'll be 41. I look good for 41, I know. And um, it's also one of my least favorite months of the year because it reminds me that I get all my forms together for taxes. 
I don't know who, do you guys like taxes? Because I don't know anybody likes paying taxes. Raise your hand. Yeah, nobody, right? Nobody likes paying taxes. We like some of the things from taxes. You know, I like roads from taxes. I like uh, uh, schools for my kids for taxes. I even like getting stimulus checks from taxes. You know, now, um, I'm not sure where you are at the stimulus check thing or or you get one or not or but I'll tell you I ain't gonna give it back so I just you know it's in the account now so I, I like these sort of things that are from taxes but I know I don't like paying taxes so um, that's kind of the deal right well you, who else didn't like paying taxes one nobody has ever really liked paying taxes. I don't think anybody really likes paying taxes everybody wants stuff for free but the Hebrews during the Roman occupation in the time of Jesus hated paying taxes. Their taxes were very onerous. And in the scripture that Hank read to us this morning, they speak about these taxes. And that's what the Pharisees, and that's what that denarius represented was a tax. The Hebrews hated that tax. And so to give you a little background on the political climate of the time, uh, so keep in mind, because I think this might have some parallels till today, uh, in Israel at this time, the Romans were occupied and they had onerous taxes. It was a pretty heavy tax burden they had. Well, in the time of the Maccabees, which was um, what, probably about 100 years before this time, they had revolted against the Seleucid Empire up until the Bar Kokhba revolt. So this whole time period is about three, 350-ish years. And that was the last revolt that the Romans put down of the, of the Jews, the last major revolt. During this time, there were 62 wars slash uprisings slash rebellions um, in, in Israel. And if you could put the map up there, just kind of, there should be a map. It's got uh, Israel at the time. Ah, look at that. Spectacular. So if you look in the north, that is Galilee in the middle of Samaria. That's what they always walked around in order to get from Galilee or to Judea. So you see Jerusalem is in the south and Judea. Galilee is to the north. Jesus was from Galilee. That's where Nazareth is. And uh, I don't know about you, pictures worth a thousand words. It's uh, how I keep my sermons short. So anyway, I just let the pictures talk for me. But so Jesus is from the north in Galilee. Of those 62 uprisings I talked about, 61 were started by people from Galilee. So they kind of had an attitude of rebellion up there. They were, they were not part of the status quo. They did not do what Rome wanted. They were, uh, had an independent streak, shall we say. So, 61 out of 62, that's, I, mean, I don't know how many that is, uh, every, there's quite a few, like, what, 20th century or something. So anyway, um, so you're looking at revolts basically constantly, all the time, people starting this up. And so, during this time, you can see that there's just this hum, this buzz of rebellion, of revolt, of independence, as it were, from the Roman government. And so you're like, okay, great. So the rebellious and the hate paying taxes, I hate, I hate paying taxes. Um, what are you saying here, Josh? Are you questioning the validity of the 16th Amendment to the Constitution? And you're looking at me like, 16th Amendment to the Constitution? What are you talking about? Well, that's actually the, the amendment to the Constitution that allows the federal government to charge us income tax. And no, I am not questioning the validity of the 16th Amendment to the Constitution. And that was a free history lesson for you guys today. Uh, if you would like to thank me later or discuss, you're more than welcome to buy me coffee or lunch. I'll, I'll be more than happy to hang out with you and discuss. But, so, 
man, everybody hates taxes. This thing where everybody's button heads, right, during this time. And uh, I'm not questioning taxes. And so we looked, we, looked to the, we looked to the Bible, looked to the New Testament. Romans, which is written by Paul, says this about taxes. For because of this, and this is Romans 13, 6 through 7, pardon me. For because of this, you also pay taxes for the authorities or ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed them, taxes to who taxes are owed, check. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. That means we don't get to, we don't expect things for free. We pay for what we get, right? Because we owe people revenue for the work they give. Respect to whom respect is owed. Pretty straightforward. Honor to whom honor is owed. If somebody holds an office, they are owed honor, right? Regardless of our opinion, Honor is owed to them. That's what Paul says. So we know we're supposed to pay our taxes. We know Jesus paid his taxes. In Matthew 17, 27, he says, However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea, cast a hook, take the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and yourself. So that's a reference to the temple tax. That was a, a tax to keep for the upkeep of the temple. It was a half shekel, so one shekel paid for both. So Jesus isn't opposed to paying taxes. Paul isn't opposed to paying taxes. So we're not necessarily opposed to paying taxes, but it's still a lot about money, right? And we start to fall into the money trap. So uh, point one is the money trap. And it's not enjoyable to serve money, and it's not, you become miserable when you're trying to serve money, right? Like, you're always looking at the next guy. There's always some guy richer than you. There's always some guy who has more what you want. And, and so you end up chasing this thing. And so we go, well, how do we, how do we keep from doing this? What's the attitude we have to have towards money uh, and, and, and keeping to avoid from this? And we see in Acts 2.45, the early church had a great attitude about it. They began selling their property they sold their possessions and they shared with anyone who might have need. Why? Because the money wasn't important. And when you're giving, you have that attitude of sharing and of giving that comes out of you. And so the early church shared to such an extent that these great ideas began to bubble up. And, and uh, some of these is like health care that you didn't have to pay for. Why? Because people were compassionate. In fact, Luke, who wrote Acts, was a doctor. And you see things like this today that are in our own, uh, our own denomination, like Nazarene Compassion has a thing where you can do micro-lending. What is micro-lending, you may ask? It's their very small loans that you give to people so they can buy three or four goats or a bunch of chickens, and then they become, they breed the chickens, and they have more chickens, and they're able to start small businesses and sustenance farming. And they pay those loans back. Because they're small, the payments are small, and they're able to pay those back. And so these great ideas come from this sort of outpouring of your spirit and gifts. And so we see that's how we escape the trap. And we think about it. And we go, okay, cool. You're talking about money. I mean, about the trap. But is it always about money? No, it's not always about money. Because what is money actually about? Well, it's not about money as much as it's about image. And so if I, like, pull this out, I'm pull out my wallet, and I take a, a dollar bill here, and I got this right here. And, and this dude is George Washington. So you all know who George Washington is. He's on our $1 bill. He was the first president of the United States. 
So when you look at people's money, you can see that the image of the country is on the money. And so um, this is no different today for America than it was then for the Jews and for the Romans. And so if you go to number two, it's not about money, it's about image. And then after that, I actually have a picture of a denarius and a picture of a shekel on there. If you guys can pull that up, that'd be great. But it all move on while we're waiting for it. And so what happens is you have that on there. And ah, there's my picture. So you see the denarius on the right and the shekel on the left. And I'm going to leave those, if you could leave those up there for a little bit, I'm going to talk about that and why that's significant to this passage and why it's about image really more than about money. Now, we know money can be about image. Uh, Hank tells a great story of someone he knew have had a huge house, nice cars, and they go out to lunch, and Hank had to buy his lunch because his credit card was canceled. Why? Because his money was not money. It was about image, and he was in debt. He was not able to keep up the image very well. And so money becomes about image. So there's that image, an image of a lifestyle, an image of a way you want to do things. But there's also the actual image. So the Hebrews, to give you a little background, the Jews of the time would not believe in putting a graven image on a coin. Right in Exodus, it says no graven image. And so they considered the Roman denarius, because I had a person on it, a graven image. They would not even touch that coin. So if you see in Matthew, Jesus says, Hey, who has a coin? Right? And this is where the trap falls in. They say, hey, we're going to get Jesus. Because he knows it's a trap. And they're sitting here, and you're like, oh, they're trying to trap him. What's the trap? Was having a coin, paying taxes? No, it's because they knew that if he took a coin out of a pocket, it was idolatry. It was idolatry. And so they knew they could either get him on idolatry, or they could get him on not paying taxes, and they'd get in trouble, and they could get him thrown into the, into prison in Rome. Well, why would the Pharisees want to trap him? Was it really because he was so righteous and he was leading the people against him and he was calling the Pharisees hypocrites all the time? That's part of it. But what was the other part? Remember how I talked about all those people from Galilee starting revolts? You know who didn't want to start a revolt? Pharisees. Why? They were on the Roman payroll. Up until basically Herod took over as king, all the... Pharisees, the religious elite, whatever it was, the priests, and the high priest would be elected by the people every, every year, four years, or whatever it was. It was every year, I believe. And uh, when Herod took over, what he did is he made one family over the priests, and so the priests from would always come from that family. So they had a vested interest in keeping the peace in Rome. They had a, a financial interest and not having any more uprisings or revolts or anything like that. And so you, when you start to look through the shadows of this in the background, you see like, oh my gosh, this is so much more deep than just paying taxes. It's not about taxes. And so, uh, and so we see this. Now, on that Roman coin, on the front, just to, to kind of even dive deeper into the, into the idolatry that exists on this coin, the front side... Excuse me while I refer to my notes because uh, I have it in here. Um, the front side says Augustus, the divine. And on the back, it says Tiberius, high priest. And you're like, what in the world? 
So, and it's all in Latin, so I can't read that junk. Maybe you can. But what it is, is this was the beginning of, em- of emperor worship in Rome. And so that coin is claiming that Tiberius' father, Augustus, was God and that he was his son and he was the high priest. And we know, right, you cannot have any other gods before me. God is God. Augustus is not God. And Tiberius is definitely not a Levite and definitely not his high priest. And so this was total blasphemy to the Jews. They, did, they would not carry this. But in that, in that region of Judea, where Pilate was governor, Pilate hated the Jews. And so Pilate minted these coins. Up in Galilee, Herod, Antipas, son of Herod the Great, was uh, ruled over them. He did not have these coins. They were able to use the shekels, which had no graven images and had nothing about who's God and who's not God. And so you have these two regions, these two almost like different kind of political parties, one that's allied allied with Rome in the south, one that's against it in the north, and they're constantly butting heads, constantly butting heads. And they're moving back and forth all the time because they considered themselves one country and like two parties within this one country. And so we see how this image drives this. And so if I refer back to what Hank read, and I look at this a little deeper, and I say, so they take out the denarius. Well, with, by producing this denarius, they show themselves to be idolaters, first off. So they've removed their scriptural authority their heavenly authority, to ask this question. But Jesus answers it anyways. And so they say, what is this? And he says, whose inscription is it? They say Caesar's. And he says, okay, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And we think, great. So I give the government my tax money, and I give the church my tithe money? Or do I give Caesar my denarius and I give the temple my shekel? Is that what he's saying? Because if you look back and you look at a lot of Christian commentators, that's what they'll say. Oh yeah, you're supposed to pay your taxes. Martin Luther referred to this passage about paying taxes. And John Calvin referred to this passage about paying taxes. And so historically, the interpretation of this is pay your taxes. But this is so much more about paying ta- than paying taxes. So much more than money. It's about image, right? And it's about point three, whose image do we bear? Genesis 1.27 said, So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created them male and female. He created them. So we know we're created in God's image. The second part, give to God what is God. The Jews of the day would have understood that to mean what? To give them ourselves. It is us that we are to give God. It is not money necessarily to give God. We give God our lives because he first sacrificed for us. We now sacrifice for him. What do we call that at audacity? We call that the three T's, our time, our talent, and yes, our treasure. And you think or I know I think, about myself, what do I have to give? How could God possibly use me? What little talent do I have? So I don't know. If you guys got here a little early, I hope you did because there's breakfast burritos outside, and they were delicious. 
Yeah. So, uh, a friend of ours, his name is Buddy. And Buddy took his son to church one day, and someone put breakfast out. And Buddy stayed. It was a bagel. And if he's wrong, and if I'm wrong, and this isn't a bagel, he can correct me later. And he stayed for a bagel, and he ate the bagel, and then he wandered into service, and then Buddy met Jesus, and Buddy became saved because of a bagel. That's what I say. So there is no talent too small. And when Buddy got saved by a bagel and Jesus, mostly Jesus, not actually the bagel. Buddy started a ministry reaching out to people like Buddy. And because of people like Buddy, we have friends like Alan and Eric, who I can shoot things back and forth with on a day, and who are more open about their faith than just about anybody I've ever met in my life. And people like this is what happens when we use even the smallest amount of talent that we think is small, because nothing Nothing that God gives us is small, but it is great when it is used for his glory. And so this time and this talent and even the littlest bit of treasure, when the widow dropped in the two mites, the two pennies, and Jesus praised it. Why? Everything she had, it was great in God's eyes. What we think is little is actually great in the kingdom of heaven. And so I encourage you, this week. If you don't know Jesus, I encourage you. I, I, I will lead you in a prayer in a moment, and we'll talk about meeting Jesus. But if, if you already know Jesus, I encourage you to use your time, to use your talent, and to use your treasure, no matter how small or how insignificant you think it is, to use it this week for his glory. And so with that, if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, anybody that's online, anybody watching on, on the Facebook, wherever you are, if you need to know that somebody laid down his life for you, that they love you, and that nothing you do is so insignificant that it just matters to him that he has everything you have. He has laid down his life for you. He asks you to give it back. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get plugged into the ministry of Audacity or support this ministry financially, you can get more information at loveservego.com.